Awesome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Papania. Today, I'm joined by Siseko. Hi. <laughs> you know, this is the third time I'm actually welcoming you, and I'm so bored already. How are you? <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm grand. I'm grand. All right. So, your persona, stage name, uh, I don't know what you call it, Casey Waves. How did that come about? Quick question. Let's start there. Um, okay, Casey. I used to, my, like, my childhood friend, her name was Casey, right? So uh-huh. we were like, oh, we were always together in primary school, and then people were calling her Sisego, and they were calling me Casey. So they like switched our names around. Oh. That's how the first, that's how the first part of my name actually came about. Uh, waves. It was actually a friend of mine from from Pinetown in Durban who said, "Hey, bro, um, you're making waves. Hey, you're making waves. Hey, Melubo Casey waves." <laughs> and just because um, at the time I just I, I I was still doing all the club club stuff you know and like I used to work in the nightclub industry so I started just being all over the place you know um, I was doing social media for a company and um, I actually grew that account from like 900 followers when I left it it was like on 9,300 and something and uh, all the events were going well I was doing coordination I was sometimes a ground manager so yeah I was actually given that name the other part of my name by someone I, I remember who it is um I'm trying to remember right now who it is, but I'll remember eventually. But yeah, someone actually gave me the second part of my name. So both parts of my name was given by two different people at two different times, you know. And then, One yeah. from childhood and then the other when you were... Grown, yeah, and then I put them together and I just never looked back. That's interesting. I don't know. It's yeah. one of the most unique stories I've heard. I remember when I changed my Instagram, my Instagram handle, everyone was just like, who is this? You know, you can just see someone... <laughs> I'm like, ah, they're trying to see who is this Casey Waves. No, nigga, it's me. Like, it's me. I know it really did take me aback, but I mean, when I saw your your work, I was like, he really is making waves. So I understand the waves part. All right. So today we're talking about, uh, well, our topic rather is behind the lens. And you are what I would consider an expert in photography and videography or storytelling in that medium. So how did you get into the whole photography and videography Okay, well, while I was working in the nightclubs, we had a nightclub photographer. His name was Jerome. Um, He was the person that I bought my first camera from when I did actually decide that I want to do photography full time. But uh, more than anything, it came from my boss actually stealing money from me. Like he was not paying me what 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 we had agreed. And I started to realize that I need something else that'll bring me money besides this because i was still doing my business degree so at the time i was realizing which you know it's multiple income thing it's quite mm. important because i wasn't working week like i'd work some days in the weekend and then i'd work the whole weekend you know so the week i'd be free so right. that's when my that's when my learning time was for like photography because i had a friend who used to do photography um Linz. he was the first person i, I knew who was like a photographer mm. and yeah, we were friends, we were always, and every time we'd go to a gig, because I had a car and we needed like transports, and I was always home, I wanted to go out. It, we kind of just collided like that because we met through a mutual friend. So every time he'd go shoot, I'd transport him and we'd go together, you know. And then um, unfortunately, he passed away in a car accident. So that was when I was just like, you know what, let me actually see what it is that Linz was enjoying so much about this thing. You know, there must have been something, because every time we talk about photography he'd just be so excited so then yeah that was what made me think you know what there's actually quite an industry for this because 
more than anything, I learned about quality control. Yes, there were a lot of photographers in, in Durban, but yeah. were they very good? And could I be better than them? That was my angle thing. Is they were telling me there's too many photographers. I'm like, yeah, but I'm gonna be better than them. You know, there's a lot of car companies, but the high-end ones charge more money and people still buy. Why? Because of the quality and you know, the consideration for the customer that they have. And that's where I sort of aimed my arrows. Like, you know, I can also do photography, but I'm gonna do it at a higher level. I'm going to find out how are they doing it overseas and why are overseas people's photos much better than ours? True. Now, and reading back to what you had said, that you studied business admin mm. and then you decided to do photography, right? Um, in any way, did you studying business help you in terms of running your current uh, agency? Uh, no, it's helped me the most. I always tell people that I think if I didn't do, if I didn't do my degree, I would, I wouldn't have gotten this far in terms of running a business. Like a lot, there's a lot of photographers who are better than me, but they don't know how to run a business, so they're not making money. You know, they don't know how to find their market segments. They don't have logos. They don't have websites. They don't have anything. They just just shooting from the hip. So that's one thing I did. I was just like, you know what? Um, first of all, I'm gonna determine my market. That's number one. I'm not gonna go shoot nightclubs and all of that, making a thousand rand a weekend. What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna focus on finding private clients, you know, birthday parties, any corporates having meetings, mm-hmm. um, parties, you know, anything where individuals or, or companies are paying directly. I'm not being it's not like a nightclub where now they have to pay the bartender and they have to pay this person, pay that person, pay that person. Right. And we're, we're, we're also, I tried not to be very expendable because in the nightclub industry, there's so many like photographers just looking for work that, you know, they interchange them like crazy. I don't know what that would mean. I just figured, let me find a good company and build a relationship and have people like, I can make 1,500 a weekend at a nightclub, you know? And then I can also, 1,500 shooting two hours at a kid's birthday party. Why? Private clients just want their kids' photos. I just want photos of my children. Here's your money. Do your job. Send me the photos and we'll move on. The nightclub, they want me to shoot this artist and shoot that person, shoot that person for a multitude of hours. Why? Because they know when I leave, they'll just find someone else. So I figured, you know, so, I focus on my private yeah. clients. And that's what business really taught me that no man the the margins look for higher margins in the market don't just take anything same reason why i moved to Joburg. bigger margins you start to realize that no man okay i've made my mistakes here you know i've I've determined that at this point of my business i'm not growing the way i should be and with the equipment i have i'm actually making a loss charging the people what i charge here therefore move to where they can afford this money and you can actually justify using this expensive equipment that I spent all my money on. Hi. You know, earlier you spoke about comparing the, the current photography content that's produced by photographers within your environment and comparing it with the international market. And I'd say that, you know, like you said, there is a pool, a large pool of photographers and videographers, but yet you said that you're quite better. And I would imagine that someone out there is wondering, but what does that mean? I, I produce good photos. 
I'm still not getting hired. So what made you differentiate yourself from the rest and even those uh, international marketers? Because at the end, I'm international photographers. Because I, I've noticed, uh, having a come through your page, that you have this ability to tell stories through your videos and through your photos. Um, it's tough to explain, but more than anything, um, like you need the you need to be able to use your resources. Like I didn't have the best camera on earth, but I knew how to use Photoshop very well because I learned through and through. A lot of people want to go buy the highest end camera, the highest end lenses, when in reality most of the work is in post production. I'm not saying go buy a rubbish camera, mm. but Photoshop really enabled me to to polish my photos to a standard that was a lot higher than was at the time with the people that were around me that I was working around. I was producing much higher images, like higher quality images. I was doing the research on what best lenses work and how to get the nice film look and how to, instead of using like LUTs, a lot of people just throw a LUT on photos and it turns orange or it turns a certain way. Are I've learned, how, yeah, you know, like that teal and teal and orange or something that was very popular. But I learned how to make my own lookup tables. So you take one photo, you actually edit. I edited from scratch myself to how, to look how I wanted to look, and then I saved that as a preset. You know, so I wasn't wasting time scouring the internet for presets. I was just making them myself, and then um, that's also how it gave me a distinguished look on my photos. That's why my photos look so rich, and they are mainly I want my photos to look like how your eyes see stuff. You know, if you want to make something look artsy-fartsy, by all means, go for it. But that's not the look I was going for because I was shooting mass is another thing I always tell people. I'm not a photo shoot photographer. I'm not going to go to studio and you pay me for doing studio shoots. And I can, no problem. But more than anything, I do like special events, weddings, uh, birthdays, you know, even funerals. Some people actually pay quite a lot of money for you to come shoot at the funeral. don't know why, but that's none of my business. So I never ask. Um, yeah, so I'm a special photographer and that's also what made me the money in order to sustain myself. It's that um, I managed to put, I never put myself in a box that hey, I only do weddings. I specialize in weddings, but I also do all kinds of other avenues. So a birthday, great. You know, graduation, great, I'm there. Graduation party, I'm there. You know, whatever pays. If you're willing to meet the rates, I'm there. There's no point you'll be like, ish, nobody only does weddings. No, I do <laughs> everything well. But I specialize right. in weddings. Right. You seem to have a very clear distinction as to what it is you do, what you're good at, the lens you're willing to go to. And I would, uh, you know, with the rise of COVID, I realized that a lot of creatives were expanding themselves. And, you know, some of them, I was just like, okay, why are you doing this when you're better at that? Is it because the clients... Uh, there's a larger pool of clients at that um, end or when you do the certain thing. So from your end, what is your work philosophy that sustains you to remain so steadfast in uh, your belief system? Okay, number one, you mustn't just be a cash grab. Don't just charge 100,000 Rand or 50,000 Rand and then you cannot justify it on paper and you're delivering 150 photos. You're not even using a, a you know phase one camera or something that can deliver billboard work using a basic camera. Don't go cash grabbing. If you're gonna charge someone fifty thousand rand, you must be able not only to justify that money, 
you must be able to deliver work worth what you guys have agreed on. Because if you don't do that, then you're no different from a scammer. Um, a lot of people charge tons of money, like, you know, charge someone lots of money because their reputation is high, because they're very popular. But when it's delivery time, they don't deliver quality where you feel like you like you got your money's worth. Your client must never feel like they were hard done. They must always feel like, oh, okay, that's why I charge that much. Which is why um, I always take my time with work. There's no time where... And that's why I always upgrade my equipment. I don't have a fancy car, I don't have fancy clothing, but my equipment is always up to par. There's no like issue ever. They always ask me, hey, uh, last minute, sorry, do you have a drone? Do you know anyone who can have? I have a drone. So it's not a long story. That's one thing. You, you have to like reinvest in yourself. Don't try to make money fast and go impress people and go buy the latest phone and go buy the latest shoes. Your image is important, but it's not more important than what brings in the money, which is your equipment. You know, you can't shoot anything with Nikes. Um, <laughs> you can't. And also, you have to be good to people. I always tell people, um, whether you're a celebrity or not, I'll give you the same quality of work as I'd give anyone. And most of the people I work with aren't celebrities. They're my private clients. That's where I make my money. If you're a celebrity, great. You're going to get great quality. But I'm not going to go to a regular person and then start giving them nonsense quality. I'm going to maintain that same energy. So you have to same energy with all your clients. You can't now. Um, one client has booked you on Thursday. And let's just say, you know, Nadia and Akai is calling you. Hey, um, are you available Thursday? I need to. And then you cancel your regular clients for a celebrity. It doesn't work like that. Sounds like something be- happened before. You're very specific right? with the incident. Um, no, no, it, was, it wasn't her, but I've had lots of celebrities try like hijack dates that have been booked by my clients already. Um, they're saying, no, uh, can't you just move them? Can't you just move them? You know, this is going to be great for your brand. It's great for expansion. You know, your name's going to go high. And I always tell them, like, I get that. But at the end of the day, like, if I did that to you, you wouldn't have this energy, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I can't. And yeah, I have a lot of like celebrity people who just are very kind to me because, you know, I didn't really succumb to their needs. But then again, you know, inside they know that they were wrong, you know, but then again, egos and just, you know, being used to getting your way does kind of start to distort the way you see things on earth. But as I say, of course, that also unfortunately isn't my problem. I just have to go with what has been booked and what's written on paper. So if you book, if you wanted me that bad, you should have booked me on time. You know, you can't just come to last minute because chances are the original person dropped them or just couldn't make it. So now I'm this last resort. And unfortunately, it's not very good for me if I just take anything and everything at any time. You know, I also do have a schedule that I stick to and there's a level of professionalism that I like to maintain. So you do have to be good to everyone and be fair and also don't squander your money like i said like you need to i'm not saying you're not going to save your way into financial freedom you have to keep making more money you have to keep looking for clients you have to keep uploading your work you have to keep sharing your work but once that money does come in i always tell people you know there's a period where as a photographer or creative there's a small period or even a long period for some people where you'll make a lot of money but spend a lot of money too but I always tell them it won't, always, it won't always come in like that forever, you know? Yeah. So you do need to also have a savings because here's like COVID came out of nowhere, 2020, you know? And the first thing I did, I packed up and I went, and I, like, I went home. I was like, I'm going back home. 
why um, it's kind of pointless trying to fight this because if big companies, million dollar companies are falling, what am I, you know? So I just took the quick route. I was like, you know what, let me go home. Let me spend this whole year just learning more stuff. And then when things start to pick up again, then I will pick it up again. Which is why 2021, I moved back, I moved here to Joburg because I realized that no man, now that things are getting better, I can actually leave. But um, yeah, you know, you need to keep learning. You need to try at least save your money, even if it's a thousand rand a month, even a 500 a month, it's money, it's a saving. And you need to be good to your clients, you need to be fair to your clients, and you need to be fair in your costing. You can't just charge people whatever because you feel like you just want to go buy a BMW. Let me charge this client 70,000. It doesn't work like that. You need to also, um, you need to be moderate in your costing and you need to be fair. As long as you can justify what you're costing, it should be fine. Yeah. You spoke a lot yeah. about learning just from the onset. And I think it's something that's a bit new to me because I didn't think that photographers would need to continue, the geographers would need to be on this continuous journey of learning and unlearning and relearning and so on and so forth. But how has that helped you remain relevant? Because we, like you said, there's a large pool of photographers and videographers. There's, you know, new trends using their phones. Uh, phones are not necessarily replacing photo uh, cameras, uh, professional cameras, but they're more convenient. So how has that helped you in remaining relevant even to this day? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at both, is what I always tell people. Ah. Uh, there's no point where I'm ever stuck. Um, photography, I can do it at a professional level studio um on site i know how to handle any camera canon nikon i've even used um fuji film so there's no point where you'll where you'll put me in a situation where i'm, where I'm going to be stranded and i don't know what to do i know how to use photo cameras very well um, i actually started as a professional photographer full-time and then also i know how to do video now full-time i learned because i realized like you need to integrate holistically if you really want to should not be stuck there can't be a time where they say we need a videographer and i only do photos i need to also be able to if you need photos i can do photos if you need video i can do video but also one mustn't suffer for the other i always tell mm. people i don't know i don't know which i'm better at in terms of uh, photography and video because i enjoy both and i do both very well you know i did the entire big brother campaign uh for video where they were doing the watch parties and then um, i had someone do the photography but he was also using my photo my photo camera you know so i have everything in-house and that's where the learning comes in you can't be in a situation where a client wants something and you say ish i don't know mm. yeah you Ooh. need to at least have some sort of knowledge in that spectrum so you can at least have a starting point that you expand on which means even if you're trying to outsource the thing you have a little bit of knowledge to explain to the person what kind of things you want you can't just say no ish have you seen that music video ish have you seen that <laughs> Needs to also be able to say, no, I need this graphic and I need this motion, I need this to do this and I need this to move a certain way. So the only way to get it right is to keep learning. Even when you watch Marvel films, those people went to school and they never stopped learning when they graduated. And they're still learning new technology even as we, as we go, right? So that's where the learning aspect comes in. You have to keep learning. I would tell people like, there's no point where you clock the game and you say, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Even the guy who directs um, Ariana Grande's music videos and Travis Scott's his name is uh, Dave Myers. Mm -hmm. 
if you go on his Instagram, you'll see he's still like reads on his video stuff. He's doing some of the best music videos of our generation. And he still goes and goes to go learn and goes to collaborate with other videographers and tests new systems, you know? So you do have to just continuously keep learning. There's no way where you just stop. A lot of people just feel like they've done enough and they stop. And then I ask them, do you know how to do After Effects? They're like, no. Then how are you done if you can't do motion graphics? Like Mm. basic graphics, but you're saying which one of you are done? Are you really, you know? So, I wish people could see your face right now. <laughs> yeah, because when you speak to people, they you know they disregard mm. the things you say. They just shrug it off. Ah, no, mm, ah, mm, you know, yeah. Mm. I'm just like, bro, it's not. Yeah, mm. this is your livelihood. Like, you need right. to actually, you need to know what's going on 24 seven. There's right. no point where you, where you say, hey, I'm not sure. Mm. Then what are we paying? we're not paying you to be unsure we're paying you to know and this for this not to be happening is another thing i always tell people like also the more you learn the less mistakes you make because you learn from other people's mistakes when i read on youtube there's a lot of people who forgot to buy extra batteries they forgot to when they, to leave, when they leave the house to check if they got the memory cards in you know and i learned from those people telling me what they did so i now every day have a list that i check before i leave the house i didn't go have to learn it the hard way somewhere and you know, I'm so you listening just... to you right now, talking about, you know, having a checklist and learning from the mistakes of others. And I'm thinking how much it's cost, uh, saved you, not costed you, but saved you if you had forgotten to replace batteries job and you would have lost the money that came with that particular job. So it's just so much due diligence that I, I guess, you know, many of us may not have appreciated within, not just in your industry, but I think just with everyone's life. If you don't keep learning, you won't grow. And if you don't grow, you won't remain relevant. And then you become obsolete. Tell me this. What are these mistakes that you've uh, seen people make or you've learned from others or even from your own experience? Okay. The first one is using a cheap hard drive. Um, like if you're going to buy, if you're going to buy a hard drive, don't like buy a good, like, like a WD elements. That's, those are the drives I use. I've got a WD Elements drive and I've got a Seagate drive, you know, like you need good quality hard drives because why? Like I said, the time when I was with Lens, my friend who used to do photography, he like shot, um, I don't know if they go members or, or a traditional event. And then he offloaded the card into a hard drive, but it was like those hard drives that don't have a cover, it's like pure steel, you know? And then, um, yeah, the next day the hard drive is frozen like with the stuff in it completely stuck oh my light died anywho um completely stuck and then basically yeah he had to refund the people for that money in theory like the money that they paid him he had to refund it all because i mean it's not a complete job if like you have it oh my goodness so that's number one and also um another mistake he made that i learned is the card that I shoot on, like the memory card that I've been shooting on, I do not clear it or remove those contents from that card until I've sent it to clients and it's until I've delivered it. So even if I've backed it up in the drive, in the actual card I was using, I do not delete it from there. It stays there. Why? If anything happens to the drive, I can always just come get the stuff back on the card. I'm thinking about an incident. 
um, in which something like that did happen and the person had deleted it on the card and then I don't know his computer crashed or something the drive was messed up and I was like how can you be so irresponsible and he was like no I did everything and you know at the end of the day me being the client was disappointed so I think it's just very important as well for the client themselves to know what photographers and videographers do um Casey do tell me this you have I don't know if maybe it's a natural thing but you like I said earlier just this ability to tell stories visually you capture these moments I mean anyone can capture I would assume uh, to take a picture of someone laughing that's fine but the way in which that person is laughing the emotion that's captured I don't know if maybe it's the editing or your ability to have before to say okay so this is what I'm looking for these are the specifics that we're going to be taking before the actual event before the we start taking videos is that what you do what's what's the road plan the road map behind you capturing these incredible moments well first first of all there's always a structure on our work um there's the beginning which is the decor people sitting up you know people arriving to the venue just family members talking etc there's the main where's the grand entrance people are walking into wherever the event is happening um but also it's a bit of a timing thing more than anything I always tell people don't just shoot you know it's really going to waste all your time you need to learn to wait I always tell people something will always happen just wait a bit wait a good 4 5 seconds someone somewhere is bound to laugh you know when people wouldn't like this a speech someone in the speech is bound to say something a little bit funny and you need to just also have your ears open so it's also about timing you need to because when people talk and they talk about memories you know there's like certain sections that people speak about that peak up in the brain like when they talk about childhood and hey i remember when they first met or when i first introduced them they don't laugh why because your brain runs you back to that time but now i know what's okay cool the most important people is to look at the people that are being spoken about not the person doing the speech the person doing the speech is going to after the people that are being spoken about that's how it always works like if they say something and they laugh the people that they like bride and groom example hey i remember the first who said he loved ozam they they're going to react before he does why because the bigger memory to them because they were the ones experiencing that love he was just witnessing so it's always them first reacting and laughing or they look at each other and then the person speaking is going to say something funny and then you know then you know okay cool around there's going to be a general laughter it usually lasts around about 6 7 seconds you know there also is a timing aspect that that I that my brain starts to pick up people laugh for a certain amount of time it's always longer than 4 seconds it's never just ha and they move on. it's always <laughs> long and it gradually dies down so i know that in this time right. i need a bride and the groom and i've really and i really know who the parents are because when i arrive they i always tell them please show me who the aunts and the uncles and so and so are oh. so that i know yeah so that i don't gotta go there and i'm just shooting random strangers and next thing they're like no this guy was not even invited who's this and it's my problem or <laughs> it has to be a research as soon as you arrive so i know okay the parents are a little bit to the left the uncles over there here's the speech giver there's a the guest table over there there's a uh, So as the speech goes on, once I've gotten the bride and groom like a good laughing picture, I know to move on now. Because mm. I know that okay, cool, you know, if they laugh again, they're going to laugh the same as they laughed the last time. 
unless it's a big one and then you can hear the sound levels that oh okay let me rather go to the bride and groom and then as it gradually dies down i'm now going to everyone else and you know people are now talking laughing so there's there's oh my light just fell sorry about that so there's also a there's a technique to it i always tell people i don't just randomly shoot there is like a structure that comes out on its own at the, with experience you know same with video kind of learn how to shoot in a structure in terms of intro middle end and then you know how to fill everything and you know how to get an interview you know when the drone comes in you know which parts to get for the one minute you know which parts to use for the longer video so there's never a sequence where you just feel like you're stuck and so on the clients specific yeah. but you don't really in your head no sorry i was saying I, I, i was just saying um it's very scientific but a lot of people don't realize what is happening in your head i yeah. do so i do tell people take notes of how your brain reacts to things do you react to sound do you react to light do you react to movement you need to figure out what you react to and then you'll know how to harness the moment that you react to I'm the best away. i'm blown away I don't even know what to say to you right now. I you know I, when I was thinking about this topic I thought I mean you know we're going to talk about photos and how when you see someone laugh you take a picture and then you move on and you wait for tears and you people to stand still. I didn't realize that there's this science behind what you do and again it goes back to what you said you have to keep learning because if you don't commit yourself to the school of learning then how will you even know that there's the science behind what it is that Yeah. Now Let's talk about creativity. Right? So I'm sure you know you have your creative scale. This is what I do. This is how I do it. And then you have the client's demands. So how do you balance your creativity and how you best produce your work versus what the client's needs are? Well, the client's needs always come first. I always tell people that like I don't care what you have what idea you have in your head. Unless the client has no idea the client says what has the say of what's going on first so i always ask the client first like um you can ask them for references what video have you seen that is similar to what you want because i need to sort of see what's in your head because if you ask them to explain to you they're going to do a horrible job um yeah. because they don't understand the technical aspects of doing photo and video That's why I always tell them, can you guys give me a reference, something I can see, just just a guideline of what you want. Because if you tell unless they give me creative freedom, which is very rare, a lot of the time um they do have a, a over plan of what they want. So I'm never just starting from zero. But yeah, mainly you need to understand what your client wants before anything else. Why? because I always tell people you know you can shoot the most mediocre thing and the client will love it why because what the client wants they didn't want uh, they didn't want zooming zooming you know and fast editing and cutaways and the thing and now this thing is spinning everywhere and words flying yeah. you know no they just wanted a nice video of the employees walking into the office someone answering a phone another person on a drawing board another person pretending like they're conducting an interview and then a drone shot panning out of the whole facility and we're done you know and you can come and do your blockbuster and they'll be like dude like why are you showing the ceiling fans and you're going through the aircon to another room like i don't want none of this i just want this and this and this and that's it i don't want like graphics of 
a split screen of people but no i just wanted people walking in uh greeted at reception just to show operations sometimes clients just want a simple video they just want their vision fulfilled they don't care if you know how to it's a cgi of of someone you know of a hologram they don't they don't didn't ask for that we just want this and then yeah please deliver for us and then if they don't know at least ask for a brief like what do you want me to highlight in a building that's 10 floors you can't shoot every single floor for something so give me a guideline what do you want do you want me to get the marketing team do you want me to get the woman at reception do you want me to create a story do you want me to create a documentary style do you want people to talk over it do you just want music so you also need to understand the client style and also you need to go and like go on their website or something and see what other work they've done so that you can keep it similar you know if they like their nice low um, contrast colors nice gray sort of video not something too color filled try to maintain that line next thing your video is full of color it's full of sunlight it's full of everything and it doesn't fit their brand maybe they're like lawyers they want something a nice serious movie look you know like like film noir they want yeah. that little 1970s detective look you know nice and serious feel and then you come in here and it looks like a ariana grande video with the pink and the purples you know so you do also at the time you have to try to fit the brand looking at the work from before so that you don't end up doing something that's completely against what um they've built their brand around so as much as they give you creative freedom it does come with responsibility you can't just do whatever you want and make it look like a music video next thing there's lawyers in a swimming pool it doesn't work like that. <laughs> so random not... okay no, the next thing when i look at a music video um person and they've had you for corporate now you're using your own style it doesn't work like that yeah you know next yeah. thing a guy lawyers talking in a car is driving like no don't do that I'm a piano beat in the background when it should not even be that and work for and it just it's fast paced like no 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 just calm down and just make mm. sure that you stick to brief if there's no brief look at their brand identity and try to create something that matches that go on youtube look at corporate video for maybe another law firm overseas get an idea you know go look at you, international you can't escape the research can you Mm-mm, you have to that's another thing people don't do they don't do their research and then they wonder why the clients are upset all the time like bro you're not giving the people what they want you're giving them what you want that's not the only stuff it's not about you when it's a client client doesn't care how good at you are at what you do they just want their vision fulfilled so they need to put the clients uh, from the client's aspect, I mean, how can you advise us who may not necessarily know how to take photos or take videos or edit motion graphics and so on? Uh, what would you advise us to look for or what aspects to look at when receiving the content or when briefing um, our contract? Well, first of all, you need references, reference videos or photos of other stuff that you've seen. What is the ground base to build from? And clients can't draw on paper. Clients are just used to doing businessy stuff, you know. And if you could do creative stuff, you wouldn't really need us now, would you? So look sure. for references. Look for references of stuff that you've seen before that you liked. So that when you give it to the person, they have an idea of where to go or what direction. 
and then also break it down scene by scene so if a video starts where do you want it to start do you want it to start in the lobby with someone walking do you want it to start with a drone shot showing the overall facility do you want to start it from the parking do you want to start it from one of the rooms or someone's walking past the boardroom like where does the video start what is your what are you trying to achieve with the video you know are you trying to sales like does your company sell something are you is your company like maybe sports development are you trying to show them massaging a sports star and showing that person go from being injured to being well do you manufacture food are you trying to show people that your food is more organic and better than other brands what are you trying to achieve with the video we don't just make videos for the sake of making a video we're trying to relay a message so you need to make sure that that message is clear number one you need to know yourself what do you want what do you what do i want from this video do i want new clients to come in do i want to show off a new facility do i want to show some work that we've done is it a congratulate like a congratulatory video hey look um we just closed this case um 100 million production what to what's well done this is us this is what we do are you selling something hey guys there's a new product here and we just want to in this video we want to actually show the public what this product is what it does how much it is where it's available you know are you looking for and like are you looking for like um employees are you looking for someone who does it is it an ad is it an ad video hey um we are a what's what's it company we're looking for this kind of person are you this so as a client you need to know you need to let the creative know what am i trying to achieve with this video am i trying to get new clients am i trying to sell something the moment you can break down what you want that's when you can then begin um briefing a creative you need to know what you want as yourself i've had clients where i'm at a briefing and they've got 10 ideas they haven't even analyzed them one person says no we've opened a new facility yeah we just wanted to show it it's a science lab what's what the other one's saying no but also we are we're running better numbers than we did at pre-covid in our production maybe we should be in the production center the other people are just trying to just make a film overall of the and i've had this happen before recently with a client where i've gotten one brief i did the video it's fine and then another department wants a different style video they're like no we wanted it to tell a story and i'm just like but guys i already shot, I already shot this one part and i have to shoot this other part because you guys are clashing creatively with what you want to agree on you know another person wants a they want a, the one wanted a fast paced video the other one wanted a little bit slower just showing off the panels and stuff the other one wants the other person so that's three different briefs now that you've given me and they all are like colliding with each other yeah so i did end up having quite a big problem with that client because i told i told them like you guys tell me three different things if you guys had finalized one solid idea that would have been great but now i'm finalizing one idea but there's someone else coming up with another idea all of a sudden but i've already shot this yeah. stuff so you need to know as a client what do i want and you need to also have one central idea i know it's tempting to record everything but you're going to end up having a worse video than if you just had one strong idea so besides referencing and um being and just writing down what how kind of scenes you want you need to have one solid idea. Mm. What are we doing? Gosh. So, 
you know, now you, earlier you had mentioned that you did social media work, and we have a lot of companies that are jumping in or have already jumped in on the social media bandwagon, and are using social media to advertise and try and retain sales. But some organizations and businesses are failing to do so. Uh, can you tell us why you think that is? Because I know from my end as a social media manager that just from the quality of photos alone that they don't necessarily who would have any interest in knowing what a certain business does so maybe can you advise us as to how businesses can leverage on photographers and videographers and not compromising on quality in order to gain the sales or traction that they're looking for Okay, one of the main things is because I was working in nightclub, there was something new every day. A lot of these companies don't don't create new contents. Like, for example, let's just say um, you're a food company, right? And you've got a menu. How do you every day on social media do something new? You know, like Nando's is big because um, like they're already a big company. I always tell people like Nando's was big before social media, so they're a little bit luckier to have the budget for a big marketing team and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But look at Hanfran, for example. Um, they just dependent on just putting their stuff on what? TV and radio and stuff. They're not very strong on social media. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they have not really much to, to say on Hungry Lion. So if they wanted to make an ad, by all means, they definitely could. But the problem is, will the ad do what they wanted to do because I, mm. I'm not actually sure why people don't eat Hungry Land you know I actually I don't know because there's nothing wrong with it it's yeah. just a fast food place any other so yeah. they they do have an angle to sort of explain how they difference in a way uh, maybe they have and I didn't see that ad I'm just making an example that um, a lot of companies run out they don't have content it's like they just don't have a content plan oh. Because they're not doing enough daily to justify tweeting about the company. You know, but like Hungry Lion, what are you going to tweet about every day with Hungry Lion? For example, if you're running the social media for Hungry Lion, what are you going to talk about every day? I hope you're not getting us in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just an example. Um, they do have a social media, thing, um, but it's not like I'm telling a lie. What do you talk about every day? Because even Nando's kind of struggles, but Nando's is coming up with new meals every second week. That's a, that's how they are able to keep themselves afloat on social media. A lot of food brands don't, just like Burger King. Burger King is releasing new burgers every single week or month. They've got something new in the menu every day. So if you want your social media to correspond with your actual brand, your brand has to keep moving. Like I told you, you just have to keep learning and trying different things. Why? Because people don't want to keep looking at the same thing. We're human. We're not going to... Mm. Imagine if McDonald's only had Big Macs the whole time. What are you <laughs> going to tweet about? What are you going to make? You have to keep making new things for human beings. It's just the way it is. So because yeah. I was in a night and it was a different event every weekend, it kind of made my job a bit easier. But more than anything, if you want your social media to boom, then you need to actually do something with yourself as a brand like most in, imagine if influencers at home 24 7 what are we going to watch you need to keep it moving 
that's just the way it is your social media is dependent on you it's not the other way around you're not dependent on your social media without you there is no social media if there were no human beings what are we going to do on facebook and twitter and instagram you know mm. that's mainly it falls back onto the companies the companies need to keep things moving just like discovery discovery keeps releasing new things and therefore they can keep adding to their social to backtrack to what you're saying about discovery and how they have new products every two every season so yeah. to speak so what does I that mean, mean? Even- should, should brands still have new products every what if they don't have the budget for especially for smes um they have something that's basic and standard and they can only maybe afford to have the budget to have something new maybe every half a every six months or maybe at the end of the year so what then about them how they keep producing content to stay relevant yet they don't have anything new i mean it can happen with that they just don't stay relevant that's what happens with a lot of the companies they just they have it for the sake of having it so that they can be accessible but there's not much happening there which is it's not good but at the same time if your business is still doing well then it's not the end of the world. But if you don't have budget, unfortunately, um, if no one's willing to take responsibility and try create new ideas, then the social media is just going to be stagnant. That's just the way it is. You have to keep creating for there to be something on your pages. A hard truth. And so, what then of those who do create? There was a particular company that was discovered a makeup brand that went bankrupt and it was discovered that beyond just inflation and you know rising prices and compete competing makeup brands they were failing to stay relevant on social media and when i went on their page just their instagram i'd see i mean we're talking about a company that's been around for a long time but they fixed you two likes on their instagram they had great photos great pictures great graphics it just it didn't seem to a potential buyer but they did you'd think that they did everything right they even tried to utilize an influencer at some point mm-hmm. what about them uh i mean sometimes that it, it does fall down to complacency unfortunately and also mm-hmm. not appreciating your market enough like a lot of brands will use a huge influencer instead of just looking in their comments and seeing who are these people who are constantly supporting our page Let's do something and create content around that. Why? Those people are going to go tell. The thing is, when you see something with the influencer, you see it, oh, great, I saw it, I'm aware it exists. But will I actually engage with it? Will I, you know, dive into it? No. But I saw it. So I guess the influencer's job is done. But if you get organic, like, people who actually love the brand and support the brand constantly, the word of mouth that they will give you your brand and also the content the genuine content you can create around that hey listen guys that's this campaign is based on all the people who've, who've supported us genuinely who come to the store and buy all the time who are always there when a product launches 
you know, our core supporters, our true supporters, the one who actually put the money and the time and the effort into our brand. That's who we'd like to support at this specific time. Create a campaign around that. So a lot of brands just, once they were good, they just hit it on, they just put it on autopilot or cruise control and just carried on moving, forgetting that all these other brands that are coming in are coming in hot, number one. And number two, they're coming in and the youth, you know, True. and also, they, and, and as they enter, they enter as a youthful brand. You know, some of these brands are like old brands for women and brands and which is fine. But the youth is what's actually pushing a lot of these big brands now. Like they come in and they're coming in trendy, TikTok, this and that, you know, they're coming in hot with all the latest things. So you're bound to take a big hit when multiple brands are coming in like that. All right, okay. Are you there? All right, cool. So we're about to close, we're about to close up. But all in all, Casey, thank you for dealing with the situation that only you and I know of. Um, but I, I am realizing that just beyond photography and videography, you have just such a beautiful sense of business and marketing and staying relevant and learning. And I think it's really beautiful to see. And so what would your final words be, not just to photographers, videographers, but just people in business as well? Um, you need to appreciate everything you have. That's number one. Um, don't take things for granted. Don't think because you have it, you're going to have it forever. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Um, number two would be to make sure that you you constantly keep learning, like I said. You just have to keep um, learning new things, not just in your business, even with, even with yourself. You know, you need to learn how your body is working, how you think, what you like, what you don't like, and also how to articulate yourself. You need to learn how to be expressive in a certain way. Whatever works for you, figure that out. Um, and then, more than anything, you just need to be good to people. You can't go around just messing people around and think there's gonna, not going to be any consequences. Um, it just doesn't work like that. Whether someone's popular, whether they have money or not, it shouldn't really matter. It shouldn't determine whether you're good to someone or not. Um, yeah, so in closing, I'd say just try your best to be a good person at all times. That's the most important thing beyond everything else.
and that's it <laughs> thank you much i'm gonna end it right now in case you're the best and we try we try yeah we try Bye. The coming generation is being troubled by tech now. I'm telling you, I've used this app so many times. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. We live to learn. Oh, no. Um. Thank you. Cheers.